What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. I hope you are ready to say yes to spirit, because we are. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path, hosted by Leslie and Tracy. Thanks for joining us today. And today we're talking about visioning, which is something we use as a spiritual practice a lot in the different end-of-the-show wrap-up kinds of conversations in terms of things to do to have a spiritual practice on a daily basis, but we don't really haven't spent the whole hour on it. Right. We talk about it, we refer to it all the time, several times a month, and it hit us about a month ago that, you know, we've never done a show. What if somebody has never done visioning? How will they know what we're talking about? So in today's show, we'll talk about visioning and what it is and what it is not, but we'll also um, use a part of the show to do a little... It won't be a full visioning session, but it will give you the feel for it, and you will be able to do some visioning on uh, what is your highest good, what is Spirit's highest vision for you in your life at this point in time. So hang with us. and uh, It's like getting a party favor. <laughs> I like that. Yes, yes. Um, but we can't get into today's theme of visioning without... Thinking about last week's thing, uh-huh. and I had a I had an assignment last week. Oh, that's right, you had homework. I did, and you know, I I I I did what I did last week on the internet again. I tried googling. I didn't really go into the Bible because I couldn't find my Bible. Terrible admission. I hope my mother's not listening, and uh, I uh, could not find any other. Were any other statements where Jesus used the word sent? Okay, so if somebody wasn't listening last yes. week, they don't know what you're talking about. Well, then that's the consequence of not listening. <laughs> Go listen to the archive. Um, we had the topic of sin last week, and I was so intrigued by the idea that I didn't think I had ever remembered Jesus using the word sin. And so I Googled it real quick on the air and found one... Now I can't even remember what that one... Go sin no more. Go sin no more. So not you will be punished for sin, mm-hmm. or sin is the original state of being, none of that. Just the only thing you found was the scripture that refers to Jesus saying, go forth and sin no more. Right. So that's the only place to use the word sin. And then, interestingly enough, and I can't remember who was... Who I was listening to, if it was a live sermon with Reverend Petra, or if it was someone that I was listening on the internet, but someone read the Beatitudes out of the Bible in the last week that I heard. Mm-hmm. And am I correct in saying the Beatitudes were Jesus's kind of blessings? Oh, I got! I have never asked Tracy Brown a, a question, and she has had the deer in the headlights flip. I've never had that happen. Love it. Well, the the thing that made me pause was the Beatitudes are very clearly about how you should be. Right. With your priorities, remember them. They are the prescription for how you should be in the world, even though that's not, you know, kind of, that's my trigger in my head, the attitude, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, how you should be, the attitudes you you should have in your interactions with others. Am I correct in but, saying that Jesus the, said it? But that's the part that made me stop because I couldn't immediately say that those were prescribed from Jesus. Huh. That's what made me stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, if they were, then my little and my little aha will fit. If they weren't. Um, oh, well. Oh, well. 
but it kind of came to me because I was interpreting that they were said by Jesus and they were very, you know, positive, move forward, you're capable, this is good, you're good kind of message. And I was thinking perhaps the whole reason for Jesus' being was to take the focus away from sin. The people at the time had gotten so caught up in, you know, everything's a sin and you had to have such a narrow eye of the needle or, you know, there was was so much of the religion going on and that perhaps part of the message behind Jesus' life was to bring people back to the core truth of who we are, the core truth of love and the expression we are of God in human form and that his focus was that and not sin, where previous to him in the Bible there was just a ton of focus on sin. And so there was my epiphany that not only did Jesus not talk about sin, but his actual presence was kind of like a a huge turn in the story of life that we, you know, need to be done with that as a concept and move forward into who we are, embracing the truth of our essence. Yeah, and I actually I agree with that with all the stuff that all of the reading and all of the discussion related to, you know, Jesus as the master teacher. Mm-hmm. It was definitely his life was about teaching both in word and example mm-hmm. that the divine connection and living the divine principles and and yes, I, I think there are a couple of ways to get people to move past things, like even us in our everyday life. Mm-hmm. You either, either focus on what you want to change or what's wrong with the way it is, or right. you focus on where you want to go and how you want to be. The carrot. And so you, when a lot of times, you know, we get stuck in our own stuff because we're focused, we're working so hard to change something mm-hmm. instead of, or to change or fix something mm-hmm. instead of, just focusing on who we want to be and how we want to be in the world and doing that and not worrying about what we used to do. Right. So, uh, and we've talked about that in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that Jesus was the example of you don't have to worry about sin and avoiding sin Mm -hmm. and being punished for sin or being um, not tempted by sin if you are choosing to behave right. in these ways right. that represent love, that represent your divine connection with God. Mm-hmm. That And if you are focused on that, you don't have right. to focus on the other stuff. Right. And so much. that definitely yeah. was the, the message of his life um, lived, not just spoken, not just preached, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in, in both the words he said to people, and in how he behaved. So there was a, a complete alignment between the walk and the talk. Yes, which would be that mystic kind of component that I'm always looking for. And I and I see that very differently than him dying for our sins. I, and I don't even perceive that that was his message. It was, as you say, you know, walk the talk. But, you know, that was the longest connected dots I think we have ever had. And I use the word we loosely because, you know, I'm always the one that talks about that because I seem obsessed to have the need to connect the dots. But anyway, on to uh, visioning after a break, perhaps. What do you think? Yes, we'll take a quick break, and then we will come back and talk about visioning.
Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Today's theme is visioning, and um, we probably should just start with the definition of what we're talking about because we have listeners from all different perspectives. So in the context that we will be using the word visioning, we will be talking about a spiritual practice that is a process of going within and uh, listening, asking a series of questions and listening for the intuitive or spiritual answer. So um, this is a the visioning process or the visioning process that we use is based on a visioning process that was originally developed by uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith and has been um, slightly shifted over the last 20 years or changed or adapted over the last 20 years. Wow, um, he did that 20 years ago? More than. Man. And um, He's been doing this a long time. And the... Okay, you just made me completely... So sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> you go, Michael? So let me just a piece. Three years. Okay, so... Uh, so I'll stay with that. This is the process that was refined as he and a group of people were visioning what would agape be. And so, you know, it oh, didn't... It's church. And so it start. I mean, it got refined and huh. used over those early years of of how will we vision, what will this be, what would this center be, and what will we stand for, um, and even before it had a name. And so... Um, over those early years, that got really refined into a process that then got picked up and used throughout um, religious science and science of mind. So um, anyway, so I don't know what I was going to say before that. Um, it's a process that was a re- that was that has been refined and adapted from an original process uh, developed by Michael Bernard Beckwith. It is used this visioning practice is used throughout Science of Mind, um, and in fact, it is a core practice for most Science of Mind centers and for many individuals, and it is equally effective visioning for a community, a church, a group, an organization, a ministry team, it's equally effective there as you know, as it is just for an individual to use it for their own life, their own way of showing up in the world, um, their own way of looking at whatever is going on for them. You know, you can vision, you can do visioning around um, your career. You can do visioning around your family. How. You know, what is spiritized vision for your family at this time? Uh, you can vision just around the big picture. In my life, overall, you know, what spiritized vision. Um, so that's what visioning is. It's a, it's a spiritual practice. It is often um, linked with meditation because we talk about our practice, spiritual practices, and some of them are receptive. Uh huh. And some of them are more directive. So writing an affirmation and claiming it to be true and saying it over and over is very directive. I'm directing the universal law. I'm directing the flow of energy in my life to to make this or to allow this to to happen and to be. But visioning is like meditation. It's receptive. So when we're visioning, we are not thinking, we are not deciding, and we are not planning what we should be doing. We are really sitting in the silence like we do in meditation and allowing images, words, feelings to just show up and give us an idea of what may be or may be to come. And often envisioning you don't even know what the symbols or words or feelings mean at the time that they happen, just like in meditation. 
I was just thinking, what good is that then if you don't know what it means? <laughs> and you're going to answer I, that question. I need God to speak to me very specifically and then turn right at the next corner. That's just right. Okay, now you're going to answer your own question because you're the one who meditates and leads other people in that every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I still desire a direct answer. <laughs> it doesn't stop me from wanting something oh, that okay. I don't necessarily get. But, you know, visioning is very um, new for me. I had not even heard of the term before I came to religious science. So, you know, I'm just, and I had never actually done it the first couple of years that I was there. And um, just recently did it in a small group several times, and then I've heard you do it a couple of times. And Petra and, I guess, uh, Susan Pankey at CSL, Center for Spiritual Living, has done some in the church services. But... You know, it's just not something that I have done that much. It's not something that I'm in the routine of doing. I don't I don't really think of it automatically, so it's good to talk about. So perhaps it will deepen within me after this hour of conversation. So I'm la- I'm laughing. Yes. Because um we started doing this show. Yes. Over a, a year, a year and a couple of months yeah. ago. 14 months ago. And what's funny for me mm-hmm. is back to the the conversation after we you know we talked and then we met and then we talked and and we <clears throat> in that conversation on that Friday morning um where we agreed we were going to do this show and we were going to call it say yes to spirit and i said so you know like when let's set a date, a target date to start. Because I'm thinking, you know, the things you have to line up, have to set up the show, and I've got to see what Spirit has to say to me (laughs) about this, right? You were going to vision. So I was going to do visioning, and I hadn't thought about doing it together at that point, which I I probably would have Uh when I sat down to do it. I would have been like, oh, you know, Leslie and I need to do visioning on this together. And um, but of course, your answer was, "Well, today's Friday. Let's start on Monday." I have Monday morning open. That's right, <laughs> and we did, and we did, and so it's really interesting <laughs> because um, I actually, when you said that, because we had decided to name the show "Say Yes to Spirit." Mm-hmm. I, it actually felt to me like that was a direction from spirit. Just say yes. Just do it. You already know, in this case, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. already knew how to set up the show. Already knew, you know, it's like right, you, you already know how skills. to do this. Sorry. Just say yes. Mm-hmm. Just say yes. Just say yes. Okay, got it. Yes, we'll start on Monday. <clears throat> but that would have been a great time embarking on a new uh-huh. endeavor, that would have been a great time to use visioning and to once a week or <clears throat> once every four days for two or three weeks to do the visioning process uh-huh. and then notice whether there are any patterns that start linking together to, you know, to kind of give direction in that way. So we could have used visioning when we started the show even though we didn't. Yes, and you know, now you bring up an interesting philosophical thing to banter about, and that's good because I thought now we've said all we can say about visioning. So now I'm oh, glad no. I have a bit of a philosophical. See, I just don't know that much about it. So basically, prior to that, I had said everything I knew. <laughs> but within your little conversation there, the idea of just say yes in that story, it seems as if my knee jerk reaction is is that I was, I was, um, one or two things, either boldly following this call of God, you know, felt this impulse and did it, and it was a call from God, and you're saying yes, or I was foolishly doing something humanistically, you know, pushing through, plowing my own will, my own desire. And so if the scenario is that I was just plowing through and doing my own desire, then I get that. That makes sense to me. But if the scenario is, are there times when there is the impulse from God that this direction is, you know, turn right now. Exactly. And and how is that, is that 
Is that just a both-and visioning? Is that less envisioning's importance? Does that make the other more, you know, are you are you more in line with God? If you get the direct line, you don't have to sit around and vision four times a week for the next month, you know? Because in my mind, I'm like, what a chore! <laughs> to sit down and vision! And, uh, and actually, I did that with a little project that a couple of uh, friends and I are doing. And they are, one is a ministerial student and one is a practitioner at the Center for Spiritual Living. And so they are, you know, they do things very methodically correct. <laughs> and I'm like, and so they're like, okay, we're going to vision once a week for three weeks. And my little ADD was like, oh, good heavens, I can't sit still, you know, for an hour, much less without a pen and pad to doodle or something. I'm just going to sit here and, and so, um, it was really interesting for me to watch my own resistance to that because I think I am that kind of, you know, get some sort of impulse, assume it's God, and just do it. And then, you know, five years later, wake up and goes, oh, that was so not God. <laughs> that, was, that was so not God. So, anyway. So, I actually, I it's not an either-or. Is it both-and, is it? Well, it's a both-and, but it, they're different things. I visioning is really powerful when you're growing something new or doing something new or, you know, you already know there's something more and you are looking for that that inner direction, that, you know, divine direction. Um, and, that again, that's effective whether it's you as an individual or whether it's a group. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that has nothing to do with right or wrong, good or bad, better or better, with the very clear divine impulse that directs you in a moment. So you don't need to vision, like you, like the example that you gave of, you know, that impulse of turn right here and, you know, make a right turn here and right now, and then you are listening to the, traffic and weather on the radio mm-hmm. and you hear that there was a major accident like, you know, six blocks up from where you turned and you would have been either in the accident or you would have been caught up in the mm-hmm. traffic jam because of the accident. Um, I think that that divine direction is always happening all the time. And when it comes to us that clearly that we follow it, you don't have to think about that. But you're not thinking about what you're visioning. What you're saying is, I am getting out of the way, and I'm receptive for divine direction and this. And it's usually not something that you have to do today. It's it's more. It's of, a more future. It's it, it a is, big it's, picture. It's yeah, and it's because even when you vision, you're you are. When we do this visioning today, you're not looking for concrete direction in the term of, let's say, okay, so let's say um, later this summer I'm facilitating visioning about a um, developing a new study group to extend the outreach of our center. You know, what should that be, where should it be, what kinds of content, all of that. So it's not like, oh, you know, if we wanted to, if I wanted to start a study group on September 1st, I'm not going to do visioning August 25th. Yeah. Because there are (laughs) logistics and things that have to be planned. Mm -hmm. But I might do visioning, you know, the month of August for something that's going to start in November or January. Mm. I might do visioning, you know, for three months for something where I'm looking at what's the big picture of this and what do we want to transition to by next summer. You know, if I'm visioning, um, we have a vision group. Core. A vision core at our center that visions all year long Mm -hmm. on things related to the center. So we have a Sunday service. We have a practitioner core, we have a leadership group. That's all in place and going forward. What the visioning does is it provides that sense or you look for patterns over time that say, oh, you know, maybe it's time to start moving in this direction. So it's a directional shift or change. Um, 
it's not for immediate decisions. Although I guess it's not impossible for you to set that intention at the beginning of a visioning session to say I'm looking for immediate direction for what I should do in the next seven days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I guess you could use it that way mm-hmm. because you'd be putting that into universal law as you began in your invocation. You'd be saying this is my demand, this is my request, um, envisioning with that sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. So here's a, here's a question for you. Mm. Yes. Does a mystic, someone who 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 has is a mystic that walks amongst us as a mystic, would they have a need to vision, or would they just yes. automatically? Ah, you think? Absolutely. Ah, it's just a it's just a slower <laughs> practice. It just sounds so laborious. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe maybe as as. <laughs> As long as you believe that, it will be. Work. It sounds like as work. As long as you believe that, it will be. <laughs> love it. Love it. But, you know, I'm supposed to work. I'm supposed to have to work. So exactly. God knows that's I your, should learn the vision then. More work that's that your I love. Thing. Yes, yes, yes. That's interesting. Okay, so now I'm going to think of visioning as long-term project thing. Or future direction. Or future direction. Big picture. Not so much. Not so much here and now. Not so that much makes a little what bit, you should do makes, tomorrow. That helps a little bit for me. Okay. Big term. And picture. it takes a lot of the pressure off of, especially if you're thinking big picture. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of pressure off of you and the human brain to have to figure it out. So it is a kind of an ooey ooey thing, though, isn't it? Because you're 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 under the idea that uh, that you're getting some messages as a group, and you write them down, and that these messages have meanings that we might not necessarily be able to decipher at this time, but they'll become clearer as time goes forward. Am I correct in all this? It sounds a little ooey-ooey, doesn't it? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not to me. Signs from the other side. It's very interesting, and it's it's curious, because now I've done it enough to say I've done it. You know, a year ago I would not have been able to say I did it, had done it, but it is still a bit of a mystery, and somewhat seems like a bit of a God is a mystery. extreme thing to have to do. <laughs> yes, God is a mystery. God is God a in its entirety. In its entirety. I get to know what the drop is, right? It is a mystery. There you go. I get to know what the drop is. It is bigger than your human brain and emotion can comprehend. And that is as it should be. <laughs> Especially as mine. <laughs> so um, if if we want to have control. Mm-hmm. It, ah, it, look at Tracy. If we yeah, want to have control, then correct visioning there. Yeah, is. control. No, I had this. Actually, I wasn't <sighs> thinking about you at all. I was thinking about a conversation I had with someone else um, in the last week. Yes. Who said, "Oh, that's the problem with this visioning thing." I have to give up control. Ah, so yeah. And I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. Yes, that's very true. And when when that was said, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it would be hard from an aspect, from the human aspect of I have to know what's going to happen and I, and I need to make it happen and I need to know what's going to happen. If, if I'm going from A to Z, I need to know what's going to happen in those 24 steps along the way. And so if I get this feeling or intuitive fit during visioning, then I have to figure it out right now and see where it fits in those steps. And and because that's not kind of the way I show up in the world, and even before I was doing all this stuff, it's like it never crossed my mind that it could feel that, you know, like, okay, well, I saw I got the I saw in my mind's eye a sun shining in a clear sky. Now I gotta figure that out. What does that mean? Exactly. Ah. And you know, where does it fit in what I'm already doing? Well, that need to control is a fairly universal kind of thing. <clears throat> and also 
the need to, you know, understand is the need to understand the same as the need to control, the need to probably a bit. Yes, there's overlap. If they're not the same, there's overlap. So, yeah, I just think, um, you know, it becomes one more tool in your toolkit. You don't use visioning for everything. You don't use meditation as your response to everything, even though we talk a lot about having a meditation or prayer practice, Mm -hmm. a devotional practice Mm -hmm. that is part of the way you do your day, whether it's at the beginning or the end or the middle or just at some point. Um, I don't think there's any accident <coughs> that pretty much every spiritual, pra- every every set of faith beliefs, every religion or every faith practice has a form of meditation, prayer, devotion mm-hmm. that is built into their structure because you need that time to get out of your own way. And probably on some level, if we really researched it, which, you know, I'm not going to take that on as a monthly assignment because there's just too much pressure to bear the last time I had homework. But I would imagine that every major faith has a concept or a principle or something that is in line with visioning within their within their framework. That probably, you know, that concept is not unique to science of the mind or religious science. Could be. We could be the smartest ones. I'm um, thinking that's a possibility. <laughs> this is again another time I wish we were on TV because Tracy's so displeased. Okay, I have a visioning story. Want to hear my visioning story? I do. And then, and I'm already, and then we'll take a break and then we'll do visioning. Okay, very good. But see, at the end of my visioning story, I'm already kind of, uh, again, kind of kind of dishing it. Yeah, but anyway, here, you'll have to help me understand this because this is so interesting. I'm having such the reaction to visioning. Um. Okay, so I'm in this little group. We're starting a, 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 a starting a new um, support group, and so again, the players are a ministerial student and a practitioner, and myself. So I would be the the baby spirit, and so we're doing the visioning for three weeks. And as Tracy will demonstrate here in a few moments, visioning basically you just prompt the person with several different questions and you write down the answers that I hear. I was told to write down the answers that I hear, the impulses, as you said earlier, you just find it very well, the feelings, it could be colors, it could be sounds. <clears throat> and so um, so the, the, I think the practitioner was the first one that led it, that, you know, uh, did a little bit of a prayer intro and asked the first question. And then there's this, you know, deathly silence. Just sitting there. <laughs> Maybe that was just me. And so I'm waiting, right, waiting. My little pen, I'm waiting. And I'm thinking cat food. I'm thinking I've got to take that back to the store. I'm thinking, you know, I am just everything. And then I'm getting mad because I'm thinking, where is God? <laughs> Come on. And so then I try to breathe and I try to do all these things I'm told to do. And, you know, nothing. And then suddenly I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, she's going to start the second question. And, of course, they're both just writing. You know, and I'm thinking, I've got to write something. (laughs) I'm going to make something. I'm going to have to. And I thought, oh, that would probably be very bad. That would probably just bastardize the whole thing. So then I start reading again. And then, you know, I I get this picture of a waterfall. And I'm like, that's just silly. But I'm thinking, okay, I'll write it down. Picture of a waterfall. Because I love waterfalls, so I think that's why I got a picture of a waterfall. And then I, you know, and then I start getting colors, and, and I try to close my eyes and, you know, focus in. And I started, you know, but again, the discernment is always huge for me. Is it me or is it, you know, still the cat food trying to, you know, be heard? And um, so then I got something on each question. And so then we end in a prayer, and then we read at the end of the three weeks. No, actually... Do we read them each week? I can't recall. But at some point, we read them all. And so here's where I'm dishing visioning again. Because we were all very much in line. Probably 200 things between all of us written over a period of three times. And, you know, 20 of them were the same. And so my question is, if you just took three monkeys out and you just had them, you know, children and had them think things for, you know, 20 minutes and you just had them write down everything they thought, 
if they would come up with 20 things that they thought that were the same. <laughs> Do you see my... I feel like lightning might strike me. <laughs> Do you no, see my I question? I love, Is it just I a love, random... I love the question. Mm-hmm. And, and I can just tell you what I think mm-hmm. and what I believe. Mm-hmm. So we, especially in religious science, where we say that those 20 things are magic. <laughs> that's God. No. Well, we say, yes, we say that's we, if God. there's only one mind, uh-huh, right? uh-huh. There's only one life, that life is God's life, that life is perfect, that life is my life now. Right. And when, when, and, you know, wherever two or more are gathered yes. from the scripture, wherever two or more are gathered, mm-hmm. there I am. Right. God is. So, I think visioning individually is great, and visioning with a group of people is so powerful because where two or more are gathered, so there I, so there am I, mm-hmm. is is true. the 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 purpose for the visioning has been stated up front. The invocation and or you know the centering, there's stuff to lead everybody. So everybody in the room is in that same mind, and and the and the bigger mind, capital M, is like, oh, okay, this energy right here in this room at this time or on this call at this time, because you could do visioning by phone, is re- really directed toward this. Mm-hmm. And the first question is, what is spirit's highest vision for this, whatever it is you're visioning for? Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's ever an accident that there is some commonality because you are directing, you are pulling that energy into the room and directing it in that way or into that telecircle if it's by phone and and saying what is Spirit's highest vision. It, how could it be a surprise that there's going to be a lot of overlap? And there's going to be some things that are different because each one of us is different. And so we might picture different things that create the same energy that becomes the same thing. And the goal is, you know, in that those things that come together that are the same or can be interpreted the same, then that's like, okay, that's a um, um, a, a center of energy or focus in whatever it is you're visioning on. And it's like, okay, these are higher priorities because it's coming to more than one person. It's coming to, you know, all three people in this case. That's what visioning is supposed to do. But but are you saying that that would happen at a higher rate than just random thoughts? I'm saying that, that intention... it has nothing to do and can't be compared with thoughts, because th- human thought. Because if we, in this case, in the example you gave, so you have three people who have some commonality in terms of, you know, religious science and meditation and language. If I put you in a room and said, think about and do a planning work session on what this um, support group is going to be, you might come up with some of the same things, but you probably are going to come up with, again, you're not trying to power it from your human, from your humanity Mm -hmm. and what you know Mm -hmm. or what you did last year. Mm -hmm. You're trying to power it from divine guidance. Right. So there's going to be some overlap. I think, yeah, you could put the same three people in a room without visioning, or, you know, you could put 15 people in a room without visioning, and there's going to be some humanity. Yes, I think that's really, I think that's really good. Yes, that's practical. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know, when I started a business three years ago, I learned blah, 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 but it's all being powered from my human experience. So the difference is this is divinely inspired. It is. If the people sitting around the, <laughs> having the visioning are not saying, I better write something I down because they're writing. I better make something up so that yeah. I don't look bad. But even though, and then knowing that there are no mistakes, mm. I would say even if that happened, it would be like, okay, that's the that's where they had to go and start somewhere. to get there. Yeah. And it's all divinely guided, so it can't be bad. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, and I think it's a very practical example. So uh, we're going to do an abbreviated, an abbreviated 
vision mean process just so you can get a feel Very for good. it. Very good. Now I'm going to do it. Do you have paper for me? Here, I have a pen. Awesome. And so it, it could be... You need a paper and a pen. It could be helpful for you to have a paper, something to write on and something to write with. Um, although you're not going to be transcribing your thoughts or taking notes in that way like you would if you were in a class. It just allows you to jot down a reminder or a symbol or something that will, so you don't feel like you have to remember and, right. you know, dilute your energy. So um, you can have paper and pen, and that's really all you need. Um, often, once we ask the questions, there is silence because we are on a broadcast, in a broadcast situation. There'll be some um quiet music playing in the background because oh, okay. we can't have silent air. Good point. Um, so just if that is feels like a distraction to you, just give yourself permission to tune it out. And if for some people actually it's helpful, I've done visioning sessions where we would have music oh, playing in the background. Me. Yeah, my lady did. So, um, so that's good. And what you will do is you will, you know, jot down anything that comes with each question and do not be concerned if nothing comes. It really is okay and it's not unusual for nothing to come oh. for a specific question. So don't worry about that. That ministerial student, that practitioner should have told me that. <laughs> okay, uh, Leslie, let it go. Should I write down the question? Let it go. Should I write the questions down? Um, it's up to any individual whether okay. they actually write the question or one word or just the number, one, two, three, oh, okay. four, doesn't matter. There will be four questions. Four questions. And normally in a in a regular visioning session, we would take probably up to 15 minutes to do centering. We might talk about uh, what we are, our human brain already knows about the subject, and then write that stuff down to get it out and oh. get it out of the way. Right. Sometimes we do that. Um, and, but what I will do, just to give you a feel, is I will do a brief invocation and lead us into. We will be visioning about what is spiritized vision for you, you know, in your, what is spiritized vision for me. And so when you hear that word, you're in thinking about life, your life. In my life. In your life. Okay. And, um and if you are listening and you have something specific that you, you know, want to vision on different from that, then just substitute that and then use the questions as we go through. I will um, normally would probably do three to four minutes um, for each between or after each question. We will do about two and a half minutes between each question. And then I will uh, do a... Um, prayer at the end of that. And in a real visioning process, we probably would take a little more time to either sit and journal a little bit and reflect. Uh, we might share the some of the things that came out of it and then do a treatment or a benediction. Mm. But for what we're going to do in this abbreviated process, I'll bring you in. We will have the four questions with two and a half minutes between each one, and then we will. I will do a prayer to end the visioning session, and then we'll probably have a couple of minutes at the end of the show. So um, please just get centered and comfortable in your chair, or lay on the floor, or whatever whatever works for you. And as I breathe in, I'm reminded that there is no spot where God is not. God is in this moment, in this time, in this conversation, in this visioning session. God is right here, right now. And I am one with God. And because of that, I have access to the wisdom, the compassion, the love, the joy, the prosperity, abundance, and the peace that is God. And as we vision about spirit's highest vision for each one of us, we each have the ease of communication with spirit. 
we will see, <coughs> hear, feel, taste, smell, the divine guidance that is most appropriate to answer the questions that are being asked. And so with ease and joy and a deep sense of peace, I ask the first question. What is Spirit's highest vision for my life? What is Spirit's highest vision for my life? What is Spirit's highest vision for my life? And continuing to breathe deeply, what is it that I need to embrace in order for this vision of Spirit to unfold in my life. What is it that I need to embrace? What is it that must be embraced for Spirit's highest vision for my life to unfold?
what is it that must be embraced for Spirit's highest vision to unfold? Bring that to a close. And taking in a very deep breath, cleansing breath. What is it that must be released for this vision to unfold? What must I release in my life, in my beliefs? What is it that must be released for spirit's highest vision to emerge? As we breathe in and breathe out, is there anything else that needs to be revealed at this time? Is there anything else that needs to be revealed now?
and it is with deep gratitude. Deep, deep gratitude for these thoughts, these ideas, this insight, this intuition, this wisdom of divine spirit within me, through me, as me. It is with deep gratitude that I take these insights, this intuition, this wisdom, and let it flow into and through me, out into the world. Spirit's highest vision for my life now unfolds. There's nothing for me to do. There's nothing for me to say but simply to allow it to be and to allow it to be as I show up in my life, and so it is. And so breathing deeply, I just invite you to sit with or journal about what came to you and through you in this visioning. Don't try to overanalyze it. Don't try to work it. Don't try to think about it because now it is. It is. It is happening. And what we know about universal law and the way spirit works is it is working in and through us every moment, every day. If you have someone you want to share what you have written or what you saw or felt, that's helpful, but it's not required. So you've experienced visioning. Good job. Thanks a bunch. And until we um, talk to you again, we just encourage you to say say yes to to spirit. best-reviewed movie of Christmas with an incredible 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The perfect blend of action, heart, and humor. Not just a great Transformers movie, a great movie, period. Bumblebee, now playing. Rated PG-13.